0: thanks for joining us today on the revolution church podcast if you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church you can check us out online at therevolutionchurch.com our prayer for you is that you would discover god's unchanging love and see what he can do through you today we have a special message on communion let's go ahead and jump into the message good morning revolution church my name is dino i am the lead pastor of this church and we are so excited that you're joining us together and we're worshiping together. God is doing amazing things. You heard Dan say, and I believe with him, that amazing things are happening all around the world. God is moving. I believe people are getting saved, people are getting healed, people are finding Christ like never before. It's amazing what the enemy means for destruction, how God will always turn around for his good. And we find ourselves right smack in the middle of it. Got a special service that we wanna do today. And today, like Chris said up at the top, we're gonna be doing communion together as a church. Like he said earlier, get your communion elements together, um, crackers, juice, whatever that you have in the house there. Um, The elements uh, aren't important, whether it's real wine or whether it's juice or whether it's real bread or it's crackers. What's important is that we're doing this in faith because we're doing something that Jesus said to do. All right, And so we're going to talk about the, the Lord's table today take communion together, and it's going to be awesome. You know, as I was thinking about this, it is one of the most powerful messages that Jesus gave us on his last free day on planet earth. I want you think about this, all right? He knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to be arrested. He knew that his trial, a trial that no human being should be able to endure, he knew it was coming. And yet, He took the time to gather his disciples. They were all holed up in a room where he was starting to share important truths, last minute truths with his disciples before he went out to endure his trial. Think about that. It kind of reminds me like where a lot of us are right now. A lot of us were kind of holed up in our homes a lot of us, we're we're, we're, we're in a, a bit of uncertainty right now, and we're, we, we, we don't know, you know, what the next 24 hours is going to bring, because it seems like every 24 hours, there's been a new development, and so this is what Jesus was doing. He had his disciples, and he knew what he was about to embark on, but yet he took the time to speak to them, minister to them, talk to them, and here's one of the points that I want to leave you with right now, probably... One of the most important things I can say, Jesus is still taking time with us personally. Wherever you are right now, in your home, on your computer, on your phone, maybe in your living room with your family, Jesus is taking his time with you right now. He is walking through this situation with us personally. He wa- And if you don't understand that, then please understand that. Get a hold of this. He wants to walk through this time with you personally, just like he did with his disciples, he's doing right now. And we just want you to get a hold of this. We talked about mindsets the last few weeks. Let's get a hold of this set right here that Jesus really loves you wherever you are right now in the middle of any fear or any anxiety or any any concern that you have I'm telling you he is right there with you right now all right so get your elements together let's believe for a an amazing time together where the Holy Spirit just moves and touches us and imparts amazing truth to us but let's pray before we get into this okay so Father in the name of Jesus we thank you and we praise you for your word. We thank you and praise you for your presence. We thank you and praise you for your strength. We thank you and praise you for revelation knowledge that will flow freely through our time together. Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak through me. I have nothing to say on my own, but it's when I partner with you that you speak through me for the people of God. And so Lord, we just thank you. And even for those who may be watching for the first time, I ask, Lord, that you speak to them and bless them with a special blessing. And so, Father, we thank you. We receive these promises in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read this together because I already prefaced by saying Jesus pulls his disciples into a room and takes his time. You know, I can't help but think about that. The more I think about it, what Jesus did was pretty amazing because if I knew what was coming, if I knew what my trial was about to be, listen, listen, when we're just getting ready to do this live stream and we were having technical difficulties, I was having trouble keeping my thoughts straight, okay? Imagine the Lord Jesus knowing what his trial was and yet he took the time to communicate these amazing loving truths to his disciples. It just It blows me away how much he loves us and and how much you and I are really on his mind all the time. I mean, he was able to separate himself from that trial that he knew was coming because he cared about his 12. And I believe the same thing's happening right now. He He is separating himself from the chaos of the world and he's embracing you and I right where we are right now. I just hope you get that. That's just an amazing truth to me. Now he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, for this is what the Lord himself said about his table, communion, like a lot of you guys have heard or been a part of. And I'm gonna pass it on to you, okay? That on the night when Judas betrayed him, Jesus, the Lord Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks to God for it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and he said, take this, eat it. This is amazing what he says here. This is my body, which is given for you, and do this in remembrance of me, he says. And in the same way, he took the cup of the wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new agreement between God and you that has been established and set in motion by my blood. You see, that's the reason why Jesus' blood had to be shed. It put an end to the Old Testament, and it brought the beginning of a new testament it brought the end of what we would call the old covenant or the law and it brought into being the new covenant or the new testament and I love this I just have to say this right here the old testament was based on your faithfulness what you had to do to be right before God the new testament as a result of Jesus shed blood is based on his faithfulness All we have to do is believe his faithfulness and we are in right standing with God. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself right now, okay? But he says, take this, eat it. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new agreement between God and you that has established emotion by my blood. Do this in remembrance of me whenever you drink it. So notice twice he says, do this in remembrance of me. He wants us to get something here, okay? There's a law of of repetition here. A lot of Bible scholars will tell you this. Whenever something's repeated like this, it's very important. We want to do this in remembrance of him, not in remembrance of us, not in remembrance of our failure, not in remembrance of our sin, not in remembrance of the places where we missed the mark, it's very clear, He's saying, do this in remembrance of Jesus. This is awesome. All right. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the message of the Lord's death that He has died for you. Do this until He comes. What is he saying here? Re- do this in remembrance, He said twice. And then every time we do this, we are retelling, the story of Jesus' death. All right, so if we leave it right here, retelling the story of Jesus' death, we're going to miss the point. Did Jesus die for us? Yes. Was it brutal? Yes. Was it a hard thing to endure? Yes. Why did he do all of that? Guys, he did it so that he could pay for our sin And he could be resurrected because the scripture says that God raised Jesus from the dead. So when we're talking about retelling the story... Well, I think it's important to retell the suffering that Jesus went through, I think it is even more important to talk about or to retell the story how he was raised from the dead for you and me to usher in a new era, to usher in a new relationship that you and I could have. I've already said this, the Old Testament was based on your performance, your doing something, your being right, and if you weren't right, you had to pay for the consequences. But this This New Testament is all about Jesus being right, his performance, and all we have to do is simply receive everything that he did for us. Why is that so important? Because that gives us confidence to live our lives. That gives us confidence to go through the trial that we're in right now. It gives us confidence to know that that while the world is in chaos and while there's pandemonium, while there's shortages, while we're trying to figure out how we're going to get paid, and all of the things that are very real. What what is even greater is how much God loves us despite all this, wants to be our provider, wants to be our healer, wants to be our protector right now. I love this. This is the New Testament. This is the new era that Jesus brought. So when we say retell the story of Jesus, this is what we're talking about. We're retelling the fact that he was raised from the dead for us And I love this because the book of Ephesians goes into detail about some of the things that you and I can enjoy right now as a result of of retelling the story of Jesus' resurrection. Because the book of Ephesians says this, that you and I have been now accepted in the beloved what does that mean? Well, that means that, that, that even though the world may reject you, even though that you may have been rejected by other things, because Jesus lives in you and you have received Christ, you are eternally accepted apart from anything that you could do. I love this. This is amazing. Listen, every one of us, I think, uh, who's watching, we've, we've played sports or we played pickup games around the neighborhood or whatever, and we did that thing where we're going to pick teams. Okay. And I got to tell you something. It really sucks to be picked last. I, I, I hate being picked last. I've never been picked last, but I think it would really suck to be picked last. Okay. But, but think about this, that, that feeling you get that, that feeling of rejection that you you weren't accepted, you were just picked last because that, your number fell on you and then you played in a dejected way. That feeling is terrible. And listen, before we knew Christ, every single one of us lived that way. We didn't know what our standing was with Christ. We didn't know about the goodness of God. We didn't know about the things that he provided for us, but I'm telling you right now, you are accepted. He sees you as a rock star you're a follower. If Jesus lives on the inside of you, you are one of his rock stars. You are accepted, and there's nothing that you can do to change that. It is eternal. He loves you with an everlasting love. I love it. Then he goes on to say then he's made us alive. He accepted you. Then he makes you alive. The Bible says that we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses. What that means is All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because of what Adam did in the garden. And his sin was passed on to all of us. But the day you receive Jesus Christ as Savior, the Bible says he makes you alive. You see things differently. You see things alive. I'll never forget the day that I received Christ. I I I remember it took me a long time to walk with God steadily, but when I received Christ, I just begin to see things so different and so alive. Because that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes inside you when you receive Christ. You come alive, and that's what the Bible says. He's made you accepted, and He's made you alive. I love this. Then He the last promise he makes us in Ephesians is that he seats us in heavenly places. I never understood what this meant, that he makes us sit with him. What does this mean? This actually means that when you receive Christ, it is the promise of walking in peace and walking in rest with Jesus. See, they didn't have that promise in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the promise of peace. They, had the, they, they didn't know if God was mad or if God was glad, if, they, if their sin got in the way of God or if their sin didn't get in the way of God. It was, it was completely based on their performance. But over here in the New Testament, it says, come on, I want you to sit with me. I want you to enjoy my rest. I want you to rest with me. That's why Jesus said, come unto me, me all you who labor, and I will give you rest. That's what this means, that we can follow Christ, that he can be in us, and he will lead us. And even though there's chaos and craziness all around us, we can still experience the rest. We can still experience being seated there with him. That's what this was all about. The New Testament, this new covenant that came about, so we retell the story of Jesus... Yes, it's okay to talk about his death and the way he suffered. Absolutely. But folks, I want you to know, I want to retell more on this other side about what he has done for us. How he's made me accepted. He's made you accepted. He's made us alive now. The Bible says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. Jesus came to help us experience life right there in the middle of that turmoil that you're in we can still find life we can still find help we can still find peace we can still find joy and get through this time together i love this and then he finally makes the promise that we're seated with him in heavenly places that we can rest i'll tell you that's something i think all of us need right now is rest rest in our soul rest right here that we know that Jesus is with us, and he's somehow walking this stuff out with us. All right, so in short, in short, when we talk about retelling the story of Jesus, it's simply this. Jesus wants to do life with us every single day. It wasn't offered to them in the Old Testament. They couldn't have it. You and I have this privilege to invite Jesus into our life, and then And to walk with him and to allow him to walk with us. This is absolutely amazing. I want to offer that to you right now. I just want to take a moment right here. If you're watching and you said, you know what? I don't know Jesus like you're saying. I didn't know that I was accepted. I didn't know that he would make me alive. I didn't know that he could make me sit with him or be at rest and be at peace like me. Like me, you probably thought, God is angry at me. There was nothing that I could do to appease the anger of God. In one sense, in the Old Testament, that was the case. God was angry. There was no peace between God and man. And then there was this elaborate blood sacrificial system to appease the wrath of God. But over here in this New Testament, we talked about Jesus' blood being shed. One of the things Jesus' blood did was it appeased The wrath of God. That's why the Bible says today we have peace with God. Right where you are right now, if you're a Christian, you have peace with God. And if you're not a Christian, I'm offering you an invitation to have peace with God right where you are. Settle the question that you don't have to perform, that you don't have to earn. You don't have to act a certain way. You don't have to belong to a certain club. You don't have to dress a certain way. You can have peace with God right where you are because Jesus is real and loves you and died for your sin. The Bible says, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, that while I was still a sinner, Jesus died for me. While I was still living recklessly on the campus of Western Michigan University, doing things that I should not be doing, doing things that should have killed me, doing things that I am not proud of, Jesus still died for me. This is amazing. He still died for me. He came for you. He came for me. Whether we realize it or not, and if you're watching right now and you said, you know, Pastor Dino, I haven't received Jesus like this. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I want to pray with you right now. I want you to come into the family of God before we finish this teaching. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can be saved. But you don't have to be afraid that God forbid something were to happen to you and you were to pass away. Where would you be for eternity? You can know. Jesus said, I want you to know all of these things have happened because you can know the eternal uh a benefit you can know, and you can have eternal confidence that when you leave planet Earth, that you will spend eternity with Jesus. And if that's you, I want to pray with you. I want to invite. I want. I want to invite Jesus. Help you to invite Jesus into your life right where you are. You can have a personal relationship with Him. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head if you're out there. Just bow your head right where you are, and pray this simple prayer with me, and say, Jesus come into my life. I don't understand everything, but I understand that I need a savior. And I understand that you died for my sin and God raised you from the dead to pay for my sin. And right now, I take you as my personal savior. Help me. Grow me up. Help me become the person that you want me to be. Help me walk in purpose. Help me walk in destiny. Help my life make a difference now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, here's what I want you to do. on the bottom of the screen, you're gonna see a number there, and I want you to text the word SAVED, okay? We want to send you some information to help you get started on your new walk with Christ. Just some next steps. We're not going to send you and flood you with a bunch of information. That's not who we are. We have a no-hassle guarantee here at Revolution Church. We want you to start your walk with God in a strong, powerful way. So that's just one way for us to be able to connect with you. Send you some information to help you in your next step. I promise you that's all we want to do, all right? So text the word SAVED to that number that you see and welcome to the family. You know, a lot of people watch this in, 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 in our online audience. It's pretty amazing. We're so grateful for what God is doing here at Revolution Church. For those of you who are watching, any place in the world and you prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to connect with you. Okay, all right. So let's finish up this teaching as we get ready to close and as we get ready to partake of communion together. All right. So in that time together, Jesus says, I want you to break bread, and drink this cup and do it in remembrance of Him. I hope you get this. Don't do this in remembrance of you. If we think we're gonna do communion or participate in the Lord's table because we have to be perfect and we have to be right or we have to wait to be perfect and wait to get right, then we're never gonna be able to participate because you will never ever be 100% right. You never, you can't, it's impossible. We are all imperfect people. That's the reason why we needed the shed blood of Jesus, okay? So he goes on to say this this powerful point. He says, he breaks the bread. Then he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. All right, so this is what the bread represents, okay? Because we have to be able to separate what the bread represents and what the cup represents. Some people put it all together, but I'm telling you, you can't do that. You have to be able to discern what is what, okay? The bread represents Jesus' body that was broken. Now, why is that so important? Because before Jesus went to the cross, Jesus suffered another form of capital punishment, and that was whipping at a post. He was publicly whipped, publicly scourged. It was a form of capital punishment. Most people never survived the scourging. I mean, he was so marred, his entire body was so marred, by the scourging. And most people never survived it. Our Lord and Savior survived it, and he did it for you, and he did it for me. Because look what 1 Peter 2.24 says this. It says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. We've been talking about that's the reason why Jesus had to die. He died for our sin, right? That we might die to sin and live unto righteousness here's what this means. When you receive Christ, you die to sin. You die to the old way. You die to what Adam did, okay? This is, you got to get a hold of this. When you died to sin doesn't mean your actions or your behavior. It means your position. You died to your position of separation, separation from God. When you receive Christ, you are no longer separated from God. You are in the family despite your behavior, despite your actions, despite what you think. I'm telling you, this is what the Word of God says. You are right with God. You're dead to sin and alive unto righteousness, the scripture says. You're in right standing with God, whether you realize it or not, and you can't grow in right standing. So you are dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. All right, and it goes on to say here that by his wounds you have been healed. Friends, his body was broken so our bodies can be healed. Here you find a provision of healing that he's offering us today as a church and as believers. We can do communion and believe that whatever ailment you have, whatever, whatever thing that you find is, is, is causing harm to your body, Jesus wants to heal you of it. That's what the scripture teaches us. You can be healed of arthritis. You can be healed of heart disease. You can be healed of the things that ail you. You can, you can partake of, of, of communion and be free of a spirit of fear. Okay. So the bread was his body that was broken for us. The cup represents his blood that was shed for us, okay? It's a blood that cries out, I love you. Now, here's what I mean by that, because in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, the first blood that was shed was the blood of of, uh, Abel, okay? And the Bible says this, when Cain slew his brother Abel, the Bible says this in Genesis 4.10, and he said, God said to uh, uh, Cain, what have you done? The voice of your brothers blood cries out to me from the ground. What's this mean? See, Abel, Abel, his voice was crying out. Look what Cain did to me. I want vengeance. I want restitution. It was that kind of vengeance, okay? It cried out from the ground. That's what happened in the Old Testament. Blood cries out for vengeance, which is the reason why they had blood sacrifices to pay for the vengeance. But I want you to see this in Hebrews 12:24. It says, this is the New Testament now. But you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Jesus' blood cries out, I love you. I forgive you. Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. The blood of Jesus is amazing. His blood had to be shed so that this New Testament could come. His blood had to be shed so that you and I can enjoy one of the main benefits of the New Testament, that our sin and our lawless deeds, he would remember no more. That we could live our life based on his faithfulness, his performance, not ours. I found out that I'm always going to miss the mark. But in Christ Jesus, knowing how faithful he is and knowing how strong his blood is, I miss the mark less and less and less because of his performance and what he's done for us. Friends, I hope you get this. I hope you get this. Bread represents his broken body. The cup represents his blood. So right where you are right now, I want you to grab the elements as we're gonna pray. And we're gonna believe God together. Grab that bread, hold it in your hand. I hope you've heard what I'm saying. You're accepted in the beloved. You are loved, you're made alive. You're seated with him. Jesus paid an amazing price for you when his body was broken. If you're suffering with any kind of illness right now, I just believe that if we partake of the bread together, nothing magical about the bread, it's when we release our faith and we do what the Bible says, we can believe God to heal us. This is almost like God's health program of heaven that's available to us right now, okay? So wherever you are, hold that bread in your hand. We're gonna take it together. And I'm gonna pray. and We're gonna believe God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for the bread. We thank you, Lord, that we could take this bread. Your body was broken so that ours could be well. And as we partake of this, Father, I thank you for the miracle action of your word to go forth. Anybody watching this that's suffering with coronavirus, I just declare they'll be healed in Jesus' name. Anybody watching this with heart disease or any kind of ailment, I just believe they'll be healed in Jesus' name. Amen, let's partake. Let's hold the cup. Cup, again. Again. It represents the blood, the blood of Jesus that was shed. You know, when I take the cup, I remind myself that Jesus said, I do this in remembrance of him, not of me, not of myself. The enemy is going to want you to dwell on your failure. The enemy is going to want you to dwell on the things that you do wrong. That's his specialty. But God wants you to dwell on the fact that he loves you, that you're seated with him, that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's wild about you. He's crazy about you. And there's nothing you could do to change that. That's what the blood paid for. That blood was shed for you and I. So let's hold it together. And as we partake of it, what I do is I thank the Lord for his supernatural energy, his life that comes into my body, giving me wisdom, giving me hope, giving me confidence, giving me a sense of renewal. I want you to do the same thing. As you hold the cup, all right? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for this cup. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to do this. We thank you for renewal. Lord, energize us, equip us, help us to be reminded about how much you love us and care for us, and you desire our success. Lord, we just thank you. In the darkness, you are always the light. In hopelessness, you are always hope. In faithlessness, you are always faithful to us. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We take this cup with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.